Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Well, we're back once again at the Corner of Truth and Courage. You're listening to Fortress of Faith. Yesterday I started a broadcast talking about the tale of two sons. We covered the first son, the younger son. We often call him the prodigal son, meaning one who lived in riotous living in rebellion against his father. He said, divide unto me that which belongs to me. Give it to me. I want it. And he went off into a far country. He lived in a riotous living. We certainly all refer to him as a lost man in this story. The same chapter uh, deals with two other topics. We had a lost coin and a lost sheep. And every time that's interpreted as, you know, someone being lost away from God, an unbeliever, and uh, in rejoicing when that person is brought into the fold of God and reunited with God. We've been separated with him with sin in the garden. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. Why? Because we are spiritually dead. We we're physically alive, but we're spiritually dead. We have the curse of sin, which has removed us from God. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter two, and you hath he quickened, In other words, being made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. And so sin separates us. Sin is the transgression of the law. The law is a useful tool for us in soul winning. We might get more into that in today's broadcast. We'll see. But let's look now at the older son. And I've heard this message preached on a number of occasions. And rarely, rarely have I ever heard anyone refer to the second son, the older son, as lost as well. We all usually refer to him as a saved man because he didn't go off in rebellion. He stayed with the father, and so therefore he must be a saved man too because he's religious, he's in church, he's with the father. No. No, actually, the older son is lost as well. Yes, religious, but lost. He's what I call a false convert or a wide gate convert. I'm rewriting a book that I wrote back in 2008. And I'm going to make that available as a free book online when I get it done. Uh, if you want a printed version, that will cost you, but it will be available free as an ebook. Uh, it deals with what I call the, uh, the problems with modern soul winning. We are, you know, presenting Jesus as a fix-all, as a means to an end, as someone who'll make you happy, he'll fix your life and give you joy and peace. And people are signing up for that, and they're coming through a wide gate thinking, now I'm converted, now I'm a believer, now I'm a child of God, but they're not going to make heaven. There's only one gate that leads to life, and that's the narrow gate. And you can't come in with sin. You can't come in with feeling yourself righteous and and full of your uh, good deeds. No. Your good deeds don't save you. Your pride condemns you. So let's look at this older son. Let's look at his reaction. I mean, the younger son certainly was lost in sin. And if this is a believer, look at how he reacts when his younger brother, 
who was lost and is now is found and is saved, who was once dead in sins and now is alive and, and received by the Father. And great rejoicing is going on in the house. And look at his reaction in verse number 28 of Luke chapter 15. It says, and he was angry and he would not go in. He wasn't even going to go in. I'm not going to participate in this. I'm not going to rejoice. I'm not going to celebrate. I'm not going to go and act like and, and act stupid like my father is acting in this. Doesn't he not know what this guy was doing? And he wasn't even going to go in. I'm not going to participate. And therefore, his father came out and entreated him. And in the next verse, number 29, you see his self-righteousness. He's just filled with it. These many years do I serve thee. I mean, I've been doing this for years and years and years. Look, look at my record. Look at all these years that I have been faithful then he claims that he's sinless. Neither transgressed I at any time thy commandment. I mean, I'm a good person. I'm righteous. I've kept your commandments. He goes on in verse 30 and he shows that he's entitled. Thou never gavest me a kid that I might make merry with my friends. You never had a party like you're doing now for him, for that sinner. You see, here this older brother is lost and he doesn't even know it. He doesn't even see his condition. This is why in the church of the Laodiceans, which is the last of the seven churches that uh, John writes about, and the angel of the Lord comes and gives them a warning and he says to them, you're not cold, you're not hot. You know, you, you're just always around here and you're just, you know, you, you, you make me sick. Anoint your eyes with eyesalve that you may see your nakedness and your wretchedness. You know, you say you're increased with goods and, and have need of nothing. You think you've got it okay. And I want to spew you out of my mouth. And, and this is exactly what the older brother is. He's a wide gate convert. I've, I've, I've been, I'm a good person. I've served you all these years. And this is the exact type of person in Matthew chapter 7, verse 22, that the Lord will say, Depart from me. I never knew you, ye workers of iniquity. And they'll say, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name cast out devils and served thee all these years and neither transgressed, you know, and all that stuff. They're going to give all their good works. And the Lord will say, depart from me. I never knew you. Now, let me deal with verse 31 because I know some will say, well, Brother Wallace, you know, I'm with you so far, but verse 31, doesn't that tell us that he was a saved man. And let's read verse 31. And he said unto him, this is what the father says after, after the son said, you know, you know, all these years I've served you. I've never transgressed any of your commandments. And you never gave me a kid. You never killed the fatted calf. You never had a party for me. You never gave me what I feel I'm entitled to. And the father said, and he said unto him, son, thou art ever with me. And all that I have is thine. Now, some say, well, isn't this proof 
that he was a believer. I mean, all that the Lord has is inheritance and 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 everything. Now, now the Lord, did, uh, the Father had already divided his inheritance to his son. And he said, you're ever with me. And I believe, here, here's what I believe this verse means. You're in your self-righteousness. You're always here. You're like those of the Laodiceans, filled with your good works. You have, um, you, you, you have need of nothing. You know? You're always in my house. There's always these people in my temple. You study, friends, the, uh, a lot of the parables. And a lot of the parables give us a great clue that amongst the saved in the church, there's going to be lost people. You got the sheep and the goats, and one day he'll divide them. You know, isn't it interesting? You cut down the fleece of sheep and goats. They look the same. They look the same. But after a while, their fruit will show if you let it grow. Um, they're always in my house, and they always think they're entitled. And, and I give them blessings. You know, isn't it interesting if we follow the principles of God's word, whether you're a saved man or a lost man, there's still blessing in it, in there? Surely there is. And, and uh, you know, you, you, you think you're entitled, you're full of your good works, you're faithful, but you're proud and you're boastful. And look at your heart. You're full of anger. When someone gets saved, you're not rejoicing. You're angry. You feel you're entitled to this. And all the blessings of earth are available to you now. But that's all they'll get. Because when the judgment comes, when death comes, which it comes to all man, and folks, you're only one breath, you're only one heartbeat away from eternity. And if you're out there, full of your self-righteousness, and you, oh, you prayed a prayer, yes, and you're religious, but you don't have victory over sin. And you know in the dark corners of your heart, the doubt that's there. It's there because the Holy Spirit's trying to get, it, get your attention. Now don't let the devil give you doubt. Because if you have confidence of a date and a, and a, and a place, you may not be able to circle a, uh, a, a, a date on a calendar. I can't, but I can give you the year. I can't tell you the date. I was five years old. But I can certainly circle a place somewhere in this on this globe, in in Indianapolis, um, I, I you know, and I know the neighborhood. I don't know the actual house, but on that place of the map, I can take a you know uh, uh, a marker and circle. That's where I prayed. That's where, and I have confidence in that, and I have no doubt about that. If you have that confidence, don't let the devil take it away from you. But if there is doubt, God's trying to get a hold of your heart. Don't go into eternity with your pride and you're afraid of what others might say. Well, they all think I'm a Christian. I mean, I'm, I'm a teacher in, in my Sunday school class. I'm a deacon. Or I, you know, I've, I've led other people to the Lord. I've, I've led them through the sinner's prayer. And those are some of my good works. I mean, certainly now I must be saved. You haven't gotten that right with God. And you're still filled with your self-righteousness. Oh, my friends, eternity is only a heartbeat away. But the good news, the good news is that, that salvation, true salvation is only one prayer away. And you can get that right today. You make it right with God. 
and have peace in your heart and not live in the doubt and the fear. Are you like that older brother filled with your self-righteousness? Years ago, I remember, um, I was in England, and in my town where we were uh, church planning, it was a market town, and uh, about 10,000 people would come there on Saturdays and on Wednesdays. They'd close down the city streets there, and market stalls would all set up there. It was great. I loved it. It was my fishing hole. And uh, the women would help be out there shopping, and the men would be there sitting around the fountain on the park benches. And, and you could just you know spot the guys just waiting on their wives. And I'd go up to them and say, can you help me? I'm, I'm writing a book, uh, and um, I'm asking. I'm doing some research. I'm asking 1,000 people one question. It's not, no right or wrong answer. Which of the Ten Commandments do you remember? And I won't, I won't get into it because I don't have the time to talk about that right at this point there. But I was talking to one, after I'd go through the Ten Commandments with someone there, give me a good topic line, it'd take me about two minutes, and I'd ask him, have you done keeping the commandments? And that way it would give me an opportunity to give a gospel presentation. It was a, just a, a great time. And I was talking to this, uh, uh, to this Muslim, and he was filled with all his, his righteousness. Oh, he, had, he, didn't, he didn't break one commandment. Then his wife showed up. And I told, I told her, I said, you, you must be the happiest woman on the face of this earth. Your husband has never broken one of the commandments, the Ten Commandments. And her wife said, are you kidding? He's the, <laughs> uh, then the next person I talked to, the very next person, oh, he was so full of his remorse for his sin. He's the one who got saved. God can't save me. I've broken all of them. That's the one who'll get saved. Would you admit your sin and come to Christ today? Well, that's it for today for this broadcast, but I hope it's not the end of God's message for you. Join us again next week at the Corner of Truth and Courage.